Hi everybody, I'm Tori Robinson and we have an unplanned Epilepsy Sparks Insights Ukraine special. With the war, there are indirect casualties. People in Ukraine cannot access their epilepsy medications and those that, who used to have controlled epilepsy are now having seizures, status epilepticus and some are dying. We bring you news on what is happening right now. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ola. Um, everybody, please me, Ola Tichkivska, um, who is uh, joining us from um, the bathroom in uh, Ukraine at the moment. There's been a bomb alert. Um, so please, could you tell us a bit about yourself, yourself Ola? Yes, thank you very much for um, organizing this conversation. So my name is Olha and um, I am a pediatric neurologist um, specializing in epilepsy and neurophysiology, working in Lviv City Children's Hospital in Ukraine. Lviv is um, the largest city uh, of the Western Ukraine. Um, I actually, it, it has been six months since I uh, turned back from uh, Toronto, where I did my fellowship in epilepsy and neurophysiology. Oh. <laughs> Definitely returned back with a lot of dreams, you know, and plans um, in, in, in because epilepsy and neurophysiology is not uh, a very well developed uh, specialty or field uh, here in Ukraine. But I mean, I mean, this is a different time right now, and I, I really believe in my dreams and plans. We will do that. Uh, but for now, <laughs> we have a little bit different obligations, <laughs> I guess. Your priorities are slightly different, I guess. Um, so tell us what the situation actually is, where you are based, um, and for your patients and families affected by the epilepsies, what's actually happening day to day? So, um, I mean, western part of Ukraine is thought to be a relatively safer place. I mean, we were still bombed several times, uh, but it's definitely not a permanent bombing as, as it is on the south, on the east and on the north of, uh, of our country. And of course, this is also the part of the country that is accepting uh, all the people, um, families with children who are running away from war. I mean, I live in a one million city. I mean, we have now uh, 200,000 um people who actually uh, were fleeing from war and stopped in our city. Um, that is why, of course, the workload in our hospital increase. Um, working as a pediatric neurologist, yes, we do still serve our kids, you know, who live in Viv and Viv region, but at the same time, we have a lot of kids with neurological disorders and also psychological and psychiatric issues who are now coming, uh, you know, to our hospital on a daily basis. Thank you. I'm so glad that you've mentioned that. I was actually going to bring it up because so often is the case around the world in Canada and the UK and everything that people just think epilepsy is seizures. But especially given the war, um, psychiatric comorbidities are going to be even more um, prevalent um, and also instances of developing epilepsy from injury correct definitely I mean you know we never had so many like head traumas right in a pediatric hospital as we do right now I mean wow. and of course you know we have all these kids who are like emotionally overwhelmed and we know you know the stress is a big trigger for epilepsy and the sleep deprivation you know those kids you know were with no sleep for days while trying to escape from uh, you know from all these like cities where the bombs were you know thrown on their heads and uh, you know you know, I, I remember a first child who came to our hospital and every time where there was like a loud sound, you know, it was just the child would just scream, you know, because, you know, he knew already what the alarm is. He knew how bombs sound. So um, 
it took a while, you know, for a child to get adjusted and just to believe that, okay, this is a relatively safer place for, for him to stay. And, 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 you know, we had a lot of like those, what we call like non-epileptic, you know, um, like yeah. psych- psychogenic um, paroxysm, which sometimes yeah, yeah. remind yeah. seizures clinically. And then, you know, you do EEG and you see that this is not a real seizure, but kids with epilepsy like de- develop those as well. Plus, of course, kids with no epilepsy can present with those. So those issues are increasing right now. And especially those kids who understand more, right? Um, I mean, this is what they're f- facing as well. And and that's what, this is what we are facing as well, um, trying to help them. I, I just wish, you know, because even though we don't have, as I said, you know, as many bombs, but we do have alarms, um, you know, all the time, sometimes several times a day when they have to go to the basement. And this is like another reminder of them, you know, of what they actually went through already um, in the cities where where they came from. So I, I just sometimes looking at them, I just wish, you know, we could, <laughs> you know, we could, you know, preserve them from this. But unfortunately, this is this is what is happening right now. And you know, some of them come with 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 a bag, you know, and they still have some stuff there. But some of them are running away, you know, in one pair of pants and and one t-shirt. And I mean, no food, no water. So sometimes we really start from you know feeding them and making sure that you know they are clean, fed, you know. And then, of course, we start taking care of their other um, health issues. So. Things like getting some sleep and really being relaxed enough to get some sleep and having access to medications. Because I know that's a real issue for you at the moment as well. Yeah, if, to be honest, I remember day two uh, of war when I got first call from my patient saying, oh, Dr. Ola, do you have any supplies of anti medications left? Because, you know, it's like sometimes parents were justifying themselves saying oh you know we didn't know that the world started <laughs> of course nobody knew right you're not expected to know yeah, that <laughs> and i mean especially you know with the drugs for example that we, like our parents used to 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 bring from europe oh i as a doctor was ordering from Ukraine, and they were shipped to ukraine and you know on the first day of war i realized there will be no shipment anymore so we will not get supplies right for kids and uh, and and then you know parents started calling oh you know we have like two days left or it's like one week of supplies left what should we do um and, and then, you know, I this was probably the start of our volunteering work um, because basically what I do besides being a doctor in the hospital, I, I really try to uh, work on gathering anti-seizure medications um, from different parts of the world, bring them to my city of Lviv. And then we have this little, what we call office or hub, or I don't know what's a good name for that, where me and my colleagues are gathering every three minutes after work, before work or on weekends, trying, you know, to um, bring those drugs, to sort them out. Um, and, and, and then, you know, to pack uh, to pack those drugs and, and send them to different parts um, of Ukraine based on the needs of kids. We actually created a special registry with the help of colleagues from different parts of Ukraine. So we have over 2000 kids in the registry. We know what medication uh, uh, they are in need. We know like doses of the drugs. And I mean, really, it was like a very fast project. And I mean, first we were just randomly, you know, sending like, for, I remember first drugs that came from Poland, from our colleagues, our friends, basically, because usually, you know, first 
first thing you call your friends and 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 they were very quick to react i mean two or three days we got the first package with drugs and, and i mean you know those were two boxes we didn't know who to send because we knew that there were so many people in need but at least you know we felt a bit better even if they get 10 tablets more you know they will last a little bit longer with what they have because another issue, you know, parents, we started saying parents, maybe let's decrease a dose of anti-seizure medication just a little so we can, we can we can have drug supply for a little bit longer. And, you know, sometimes we would have this desperate cause. Kids start seizing more, you know, and, 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 and you know, sometimes you, you did have a possibility to send them rescue drugs um, for prolonged seizures that you would use for prolonged seizures. But we actually found out that at the end of the first week, we don't have even enough rescue drugs. So that was actually when the first time, you know, I just sat down and cried. <laughs> you know, I remember it's almost like you're a doctor, you know what to do, but you don't have supplies. To stuff have. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that it's just helpless situation, I guess. And, you know, then we started getting those calls from the south where all the pharmacies were closed and kids were in statuses like epilepticus, you know, in the hospital. And, you know, doctors didn't have medication. They were just using random, you know, like medications like glucose or magnesium that maybe somehow, you know, may at least come down, you know, their seizures. And that, uh, so... That's why, you know, I called a few of my friends and I mean in Viv and then, you know, of course, our colleagues from Kiev contacted us and we decided that we have to unite our efforts and use all our contacts, you know, to try to get medications uh, to Ukraine. And this is how we started. First drugs, as I said, you know, we actually started buying drugs from all the pharmacies that were still working, like even using, you know, we, we still had our own money. And so we as the doctors, you know, started just collecting money and, and I mean, just buying drugs from different pharmacies. So at least this helped us to gather some drugs and we send them to the um, frontline regions uh, where the pharmacies were closed. Um, and there was no access to drugs. And, and I mean, secondly, as I mentioned, um, our friends from uh, Poland uh, really helped a lot. They didn't require papers, documents, you know, numbers and everything, because I know it's important for a lot of like, you know, pharmaceutical companies and international agencies, just, you know, they need that information to believe us and everything. But I'm very thankful to those people who really believed our words and helped, because otherwise I, I was telling them, if I say that you saved some lives of the, of kids with epilepsy in Ukraine, I don't exaggerate because this is really what happened. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to help them. Uh, and that's so. so that you were saying past using past tense. That was so. What? How are things right now? And how can people who are listening, watching this, how can they help? I have to say, sorry, you're just saying that alarm is off. So, <laughs> well, um, the situation is a bit better now because at least we have uh, some of the supplies that are coming for, again this is more from different hospitals from from our colleagues that work in different hospitals uh, all around the world and uh, a lot of international agencies especially um, international league against epilepsy is also trying to help right now we know that 
sometimes to organize a systematic um, you know delivery of drugs to the country that process takes time and it does take time but i have to say thank you to those international agencies that at least they are trying their best to help but at this moment most of the drugs are coming from people really from from just you know people from other countries probably who have you know maybe a little bit of an extra and they can bring to those um, clinics where they actually know that they are collecting drugs for Ukraine, like for example in Poland, there is a Neurosphera or emergent, uh, you know, hospital clinical center in Warsaw, and that's how they collect money. A bit of from, I guess, from pharmacies, a bit of their own supplies, and a bit of what people share with them. Similar with. Um, U.S. I mean, I have colleagues from Canada in the United States of America that I used to work with, uh, Sickett Hospital and then Boston Children's Hospital and, and Rose Foundation in, in U.S. Uh, they are helping. Unfortunately, we definitely don't have enough to cover like monthly supplies, even two week supplies for all, all the children. I mean, um, so we are trying just as soon as we get some medication, we try to send them right away. So at least, you know, kids have maybe one week or two weeks supplies. Um, and then as soon as we get more, we send them again. Um, so this is this is how we we do that right now. Um, we, it's good that we have military convoys that are helping us. And, and, and I mean, some of those very, very brave drivers who are ready to bring the medication, you know, to those children um, in a very dangerous areas in Ukraine. And that actually helps us to deliver at times like in two or three days drugs to them. Otherwise, you know, when you have only one week supply and if it takes one week for the drugs to, to get there, you know, it, you know, kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. work right. well yeah. at all. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, with the cities like Kherson, for example, we send drugs to Mykolaiv. I mean, the Mykolaiv and Kherson are two southern cities, and, and Kherson was blocked by Russians. Um, so we know that they have a huge lack of anti-seizure medication. We send them two boxes, but Russians would not allow to bring medications to children, no matter what ways we were trying to use. Um, we even contacted like Red Cross recently, you know, hoping that maybe they will be able to influence somehow because, you know, it's just anti-seizure medication for children and, I mean, definitely for adults as well because it's already staying there. Like, in Mac Mac we, we, we made it to Mykolaiv. Um, I mean, we, they were bombing a lot, but Mykolaiv is, like, under Ukrainian um, uh, troops. And, I mean, uh, but, I mean, unfortunately, sit, like, Civilians from McLive, drivers from McLive, were trying to bring that to her son several times, and and they just could not. Um, so we are still trying to find a way how to deliver those drugs to those poor children. Um, so for people that are listening to this right now and they want to do something to help, but they don't know how, like people, especially I suppose people like so whether you be from whatever country you're in, I guess bar Ukraine. How can they help? Uh, I guess like there are some, I mean, I've got a number of links that people can click under this video, under this recording, um, if they want to contribute or, um, you know, monetarily or how else can people um, help? Would it be even just like, for instance, sharing the message so that, you know, the, the rest of the world knows what's actually happening and encouraging politicians to help you? Yeah, I mean really sharing even a message is very helpful because when we face this problem we realize that anti-seizure drugs 
unfortunately, is not a priority for for governments, right? Um, right. Which is they don't realize seizure disorder is an emergency, and um, I mean, and and you know, it's like a heart attack almost, it, or can it, be. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and. So, I mean, I know International League Against Epilepsy is doing a good work and they, I mean, they are now collecting funds, you know, in order to be able to help um, uh, Ukraine. So maybe this is a good way to go. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. at least this is like a very trusted international uh, like organization. I'll put a link down down in the text, everyone, because they do have a page upon which you can just click and contribute. Even if it's the smallest amount, it doesn't have to be a thousand pounds or euros or dollars just the cost of a coffee would just really help yeah because honestly say i remember you know on this second or third week i think we we would get this um, boxes of anesthesia drugs and and they would be open so they would not be full and we were just counting each tablet you know because we knew that this tablet will make a difference for for someone who is um on the sound of noise, and we knew this is probably from people who were using those drugs, and maybe those drugs were not needed, or maybe you know they changed to another drug. But we were so thankful, even you know, for those not brand new <laughs> drugs, you know, even if there were half of a box, you know, I mean, this is like really, literally, we were counting each tablet, trying to put that information in our Google sheet, you know, so and. <laughs> and and also for people who aren't overly familiar with the epilepsies by any chance if, if you're watching this and you're not then great welcome um i last week i went out to a symposium a conference and i was excited and i was um really tired i couldn't sleep and and i hardly ever do this but i forgot my medications that morning and and just so you know as well anyone who's not familiar I've also even had brain surgery for my epilepsy but I still need those drugs and that evening because I was out all day I had an aura or a type of focal seizure and I'm thinking no oh my god please no no and that's just me forgetting one dosage of my drugs and that's in a safe place in a country that's not currently at war and so you know if I felt that and I didn't have my drugs for longer personally i know that would be really dangerous well, what's it like for you know the little kids and adults your side in ukraine often people have complete refractory epilepsy anyway and just missing one is guaranteed to bring on seizures or even a cluster or status epilepticus so it's really really important that we just you know help help you as we can and for people who aren't able to help financially it's absolutely fine please just share this message and make sure that you know the people are just around the corner from us you're one flight away from us you know that not forgotten and, and that also and this hasn't been said but that doctors nurses clinicians of all types such as Ola are putting in so much each and every day like Ola's just been talking about the the voluntary work she's doing on her days off whilst being a mum and a wife and a neurologist and a neurophysiologist and we just really we really so appreciate you thank you so much oh thank you for your support it's a great motivation for us you know to believe that the day of the victory is coming and and we will we will be free <laughs> you know and, and our kids you know will have the best care i mean that they definitely deserve as every child in this world to help save the lives of people in ukraine please put pressure on your politicians and pharma companies 
Tell them that Ukraine, just a few hours travel from us, needs anti-seizure medications yesterday and that they must provide them. See links to people in the recording in the text below and on the website toryrobinson.com slash epilepsy hyphen sparks insights. Thank you.